Hey, good morning. My name's Stephen. I'm one of the pastors here. Today's Palm Sunday. It's the official start of Holy Week, the week that leads up to Easter. And honestly, can we just say that it's going to be kind of a weird Easter? I think we all know this reality. Life is a lot different, and we all have different types of stressors on us. This week was like an up and down roller coaster for me personally. Uh, we have our two kids at home all the time who were like homeschooling, I guess, right now. Uh, so we're trying to teach kindergarten and fifth grade and works busy and we have a dog and we live in a 950 square foot apartment. I'm not complaining. I'm just saying that life is a lot different than it was before and we're having to adjust. There's a different reality. But in the midst of that, I think that there's a lot of beautiful moments uh, just moments where we see Jesus kind of smiling down on us. And I wanted to tell you just a story from our week. Uh, last Friday, my youngest daughter, her school did a parade through town. So the teachers, the principals, the administrative assistants, the guidance counselor, everybody, it looked like there was even some like random 16-year-olds who jumped in their cars and followed along. They all started driving through Westboro, honking their horns, waving at all the kids who were out. And we honestly forgot about it parent of the year award right there. But thankfully, we live on a very busy street. And so we heard it coming from a far, from quite a distance. So Sarah, my wife, went and grabbed the kids, ran outside, and watched this parade go by. And for those five minutes, my youngest daughter was in heaven. Her life has been turned upside down, just like all of our kids' lives have. But for those five minutes, it was as if everything was all good. When her teacher drove by, slowed down, and yelled her name out of her window, the smile on her face would have lit up a room. Everything was good during that time. I brought one of her uh, pictures for her homework every day. She writes, she draws a picture of what she did that day. And this is her drawing a picture of standing on the sidewalk, seeing her teacher drive by and wave at her. It made her weekend last Friday. Like I said, today's Palm Sunday. And do you remember what Palm Sunday is actually about? It's fine if you don't. But it's basically a parade where Jesus is the main person in the parade. He's the main central figure in what's going on. If you have a Bible, go ahead and grab it. Uh, grab one from around your house, open it up on your phone, whatever works for you, and look at Luke chapter 19. We're going to be in Luke 18 and 19 the entire time this morning. Luke 19 uh, tells us the story of Palm Sunday, of this parade that Jesus was in. Luke's the, one of the Gospels, which are the stories of Jesus throughout uh, the New Testament. And listen to what it says in Luke 19, 28. Jesus went on towards Jerusalem, and as he came to the towns of Bethpage and Bethany on the Mount of Olives, he sent two disciples ahead. Go into that village over there, he told them. And as you enter it, you'll see a young donkey tied there that no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks, why are you untying that colt? Just say, the Lord needs it. So they brought the colt to Jesus. And as he rode along, the crowd spread out their garments on the road ahead of him. 
When he reached the place where the road started down the Mount of Olives, all of his followers began to shout and sing as they walked along, praising God for all the wonderful miracles they had seen. And this is the song that they were shouting out to Jesus as he was going by. They said, praise God, blessings on the king who comes in the name of the Lord, peace in heaven and glory in highest heaven. The first words of the song that they're singing right here are praise God. And the Greek word for that is actually the word Hosanna. And if you've been around church at all, you know this word. It's pretty commonly used, especially around this time of year. And it's a cry that means two things. The first comes from its use in the Psalms, the book of songs in the Old Testament, specifically in Psalm 118.25, where it says, Lord, save us. It means save us. And the second is an underlying emotion, impression that's laying underneath it that's this, that the person that you're talking about is gracious and has shown you favor. So people are lining the streets for Jesus, and this is what they're saying. They're saying, Hosanna, Lord, come and save us. Jesus, save us. We know that you're gracious because you have shown favor and compassion to us. There's a hip-hop artist named Stephen Malcolm, and I heard this rap that that he uh, sang recently, and it had a similar message. And listen to what he said. He said, so undeserving, yet we worship. Give him all the praise, just humble servants. See me as a son when I should be shunned. You cover me with grace and a love so unconditional has got me on my face every day. Goes my praise every day. This morning, I want to look at the stories of two men who I think were the main cheerleaders in this parade for Jesus that we see here on Palm Sunday as he's entering into Jerusalem. Two men who, like Stephen Malcolm said, should have been shunned, but instead were seen by Jesus as his son. Two men whose lives were changed dramatically and that led them to live their life dramatically different. So that's where we're going to be this morning. Will you pray with me wherever you're at before we continue? Let's pray together. Jesus, we just thank you for being here with us. Thank you that you're with us in the church. Thank you that you're with us in our houses, uh, at work, in our cars, wherever it is that we're at right now. Thank you that your presence is here with us. And I pray this morning that we will encounter you, that we'll know who you are, Jesus, and what it is that you came to bring to us personally, to each and every person connecting this morning. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you will speak to us, uh, that you will show us who you are and what you're up to. We just welcome you to come. We say that we love you, Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to stay in Luke, but we're going to look at one chapter earlier. So if you have your Bible, open it up to Luke 18, 35, and listen to this story. It says, as Jesus approached Jericho, a blind beggar began shouting, Jesus, have mercy on me. Be quiet, the people yelled at him. But he only shouted louder, have mercy on me. And when Jesus heard him, he stopped. As the man came near, Jesus asked him, what do you want for me to do? Lord, I want to see. And Jesus said, all right. Receive your sight. Your faith has healed you. And catch what happens. It says immediately the man could see and he followed Jesus, praising God. And all who saw it praised God 
too. This story is mentioned in all of the Gospels. All four of them talk about Jesus healing this blind man. And in Mark chapter 10, verse 46, we actually learn what this guy's name is. Mark tells us that his name is Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus. And that seems like oddly specific because there's loads of stories that Jesus tells that were told of Jesus healing people or, or encountering people where we don't actually know their name. But for this man, we're given his name and the name of his father. Why? Well, I think it's very simple. It's because Jesus loves to make sure that people who are usually forgotten, usually ignored, are actually known. He loves it when they are pointed out. Jesus doesn't ignore Bartimaeus because Jesus never ignores the socially insignificant or the vulnerable. He always acknowledges them. He always calls them by name. He always shows them love. And he tells us that that's what we're supposed to do as well. That's how we're supposed to engage with other people. Listen to what he says in Matthew 25. He tells this story and in part of the story he says this. Take what's coming to you in this kingdom, and here's why. I was hungry, and you fed me. I was thirsty, and you gave me a drink. I was homeless, and you gave me a room. I was shivering, and you gave me clothes. I was sick, and you stopped to visit. I was in prison, and you came to me. I'm telling you the truth. Whatever you did to one of the, whenever you did one of these things to someone overlooked or ignored, that was me. You did it to me. And that's what the kingdom of Jesus is actually like. It's a place for the overlooked and the ignored to be known, to be called by name, to be given the attention that they deserve, to be given the love that they, that they deserve. Listen to how Jesus responds to Bartimaeus. He does these three things. He calls, G, he calls Bartimaeus to come to him. He says, come, you know, tell him to come over here. And then he looks Bartimaeus in the eye and he says, what is it that you want? Most of us, if we were encountering a blind person who wanted our attention in this sort of setting, we would, we would you know, kind of figure out that we know what it is that they want, right? They want to be able to see. But Jesus knows that it's important for people like Bartimaeus to be given the option to ask what it is that they actually want, to know that what they want actually matters. And so he asks. And then the third thing is really important. He does something immediately. He immediately shows him love by acting on his behalf. He says that he was healed immediately. If there's a lesson for you and for I here, I think it's really simple. Go and do likewise. I love what one theologian said about this. He called this the art of stopping. This is how he, he phrased it. He said, Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem where he knows that he'll die, and his mind must be racing, but he stopped. He brought the caravan to a screeching halt so that he might minister to just one. Jesus taught his disciples the art of stopping. Do you, do you know what that actually looks like in, in our lives? You know, this week, uh, my daughter made this. My oldest daughter made this. She likes doing origami, and so she started doing this on, uh, I think it was Monday. It was a super dull, dreary, gray, 
basically like every day that we have right now. Uh, it was one of those days. And anyway, I think I was in bed taking a nap because it was the middle of the afternoon and that's what you do during this time, right? Uh, so she's sitting at the table and she's doing this. She's folding this piece of origami. And so she's taking all of the papers and she's folding them, then she's connecting them and folding them in together until it makes this beautiful, colorful crown of origami. And as I was looking at that, it just struck me that that's such a great picture of what the art of stopping is because it's all about patience and it's all about seeing the individual folds, the pieces that need to go into it. It's about creating enough space in your life that when you encounter somebody who needs to experience the love of Jesus that you can actually stop and encounter the love of Jesus, that you can actually show that to them. You're not just rushing through doing all the things you have to do, but you're leaving spaces for Jesus to move. It's a willingness for everything else to come to a stop in your life so that you can encounter Jesus. Tim Keller wrote, let us be conformed to Jesus's patience that we may be partakers in his resurrection. Let us be conformed to his patience so that we can experience what Easter is all about, the resurrection of Jesus. It's part of what he's inviting us into. Let me tell you another story from Luke chapter 19. Jesus is still in Jericho. He's still walking through the same town that he just encountered Bartimaeus in. And as he's walking through, people are getting rowdy. They know that Jesus is coming. And so they're all running out to come and see him. And this little man named Zacchaeus hears that Jesus is coming. And so Zacchaeus does something funny. He decides to climb a tree. Now, Zacchaeus is the chief tax collector, so he's not very well liked. And it's, he's also short. We're told that. So I'm not just making that up about him. But he's a short guy. And so he climbs up in this tree so he can see over everybody else to see Jesus coming. Now, to give you a little visual picture, I always think, of, when I think of Zacchaeus, I think of Snowball from Secret Life of Pets. Uh, he's the little fuzzy uh, rabbit who is super cute and cuddly until he opens his mouth, and then he's really mouthy and he thinks that he's ferocious, but he's really just a, a cute, cuddly rabbit. That's what I think of when I think of Zacchaeus. That's who he is. He, he looks one way, but when he opens his mouth, something else is going on. So he climbs up this tree for a look-see to see Jesus coming. And as Jesus walks by, he does something really crazy. He looks up in the tree. He sees Zacchaeus. He knows Zacchaeus' name, and he says, Zacchaeus, get down here, because I'm going to your house for lunch. What? I imagine Zacchaeus falling all over himself as he climbed down that tree to go see Jesus. He's just tripping, and, and thankfully he didn't fall and break a leg. Otherwise, it would have been a really awkward scene uh, at that point. But he, he makes his way to Jesus, and they start walking towards his house, and he's really excited. But nobody else is excited because Zacchaeus has cheated all of them, everybody in the town, out of so much money. This is not a good guy who Jesus is wanting to hang out with. And so people are getting angry and people are commenting and they're not doing it quietly because they want Zacchaeus and Jesus to know that this is not okay in their book. They don't like what's going on and Zacchaeus hears them. And this is what he says to Jesus. He says, I'll give half my wealth to the poor Lord. 
And if I've cheated people on their taxes, I will give them back four times as much. And Jesus responded, salvation has come to this home today. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save those who are lost. Zacchaeus was desperate to see Jesus. I don't know why. We're not told why Zacchaeus wanted to see Jesus. That's not given to us at all. We just know that he was. Maybe he was curious. Maybe he was tired of the way that he was living. Whatever it was, he wanted to see Jesus, and he went out of his way to do it. And to Jesus, Zacchaeus was worth naming, just like Bartimaeus. And friends, I just want to say to you, you are worth naming as well. You might be sitting at home feeling super anonymous, feeling super disconnected, lonely, depressed, anxious about your job, anxious about other people. You might just, this whole thing might be messing with you and you feel super disconnected. But here's the beautiful thing. Right here and right now, Jesus wants you to know that he knows your name and that he wants to spend time with you, that he wants to be with you. Jesus knows who you are, and he finds you worthy of naming in the same way that he names Zacchaeus and Bartimaeus. This week, my wife, Sarah, who's a pastor here at the church, she said something that I, I thought was profound. She said this, our goal for this time should not be to go back to living life as normal. Our goal needs to be to learn to live deeply here and now. Zacchaeus did not meet Jesus and then immediately go back to his job. Bartimaeus didn't meet Jesus and get healed and then immediately go have lunch with Timaeus and Timaeus' wife to show him what had happened to him. No, they learned what it meant to live deeply in the here and the now. And I love the story that was uh, circulated through the early church right after Jesus about Bartimaeus, this blind beggar who is suddenly named. The story that they told was that he went with Jesus all the way to Jerusalem that he was one of the people who stuck with Jesus all the way through the cross and the resurrection, that he actually became a leader in the church in Jerusalem immediately following the resurrection of Jesus. And I love that because I think that the first people in this big parade for Jesus were none other than Bartimaeus and Zacchaeus leading the way for Jesus. It was a 15 to 18 mile walk from Jericho to Bethany and another two miles from where they got the donkey to where they ended the parade. So about 20, 17 to 20 miles. It's a, it's a shorter marathon, right? And I think Bartimaeus and Zacchaeus were running ahead of Jesus the entire way, calling out to people, saying that they needed to come out and meet Jesus. I think that they were running out saying, Jesus, the gracious one who has shown favor to me, a blind beggar, me, Bartimaeus, Jesus is coming. That they were saying, Jesus, the one who saved me, me, a tremendous thief, the head tax collector in Jericho, me, Zacchaeus, Jesus is coming. They didn't go back to life as normal. They started figuring out what it looks like to live life now that their lives had been changed by Jesus. And friends, we need Jesus right now. I don't need to tell you that. We all know this. 
people throughout the world are living lives that are dramatically affected by this. People are sick. People are dying, literally. And they need to know that Jesus heals and that Jesus saves. He's not just a metaphysical savior. He's a physical savior who wants to heal right now. He wants to move right now. He healed blind Bartimaeus immediately, and he can do it today. And friends, like Zacchaeus, we've also been brought low. The wealthiest nation in the world has been brought low. I don't know about you, but at this point, I feel like I would be willing to climb up a tree just for the off chance that I would be able to see Jesus, grab his attention, and that he would do something in this situation, do something in our lives. We need saving, every single one of us. And Jesus is the one who saves. So friends, I want to invite you as we end this time and transition to a time of worship, I want to invite you to join with me this morning, to join with with Zacchaeus and Bartimaeus as we we become a part of this parade, as we take off our coats and we lay them down on the ground in front of Jesus as he passes by. I want to invite you to cry out with me what they cried out years ago, saying, Hosanna, Jesus, come and save us. We know that you're gracious and that you've shown favor to us, so come and move. Will you pray with me as we transition to the time of worship in our service? And I want to invite you, if you want Jesus to come and to move, to just... uh, open up your hands. Do something that that says, Jesus, I want you to come and do something right here, right now with me. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you that, that Palm Sunday is something that we can remember looking back and seeing the way that you walked towards Easter, the way that you walked towards the cross so that you could bring life for us. And God, we live in a world who desperately needs to know your life now. We desperately need to know that you have power to heal, that you have power over diseases that seem like they're just growing without stop, that you have power when our jobs have been lost, that you have power when we're just overcome with anxiety. We need to know that you are the God who saves, the God who is gracious and compassionate and shows favor. And so I ask for that right now. Jesus. Come and bring your compassion, bring your grace to our world, to our communities. Bring it to our country. And I pray, Jesus, that you'll bring it to each and every one of us right here and right now. Let us know your power, Lord Jesus. Come, Holy Spirit, and move within us. Right here and right now, we say, that we're joining with Zacchaeus, we're joining with Bartimaeus, and we're crying out for you to come and to move. In Jesus' name, amen.